This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. The, the trains just keep rolling. The trains just keep rolling right now. Picked up another commitment this Saturday. The big man coming in, Patrick Mbanga, on a call the six. I tried, I tried. So I, I this I'm going to be able to Knipple, uh, I'm not going to be able to do. Big Pat, he's just going to be You just did Knipple, you did it just fine. Big Pat. Um, put the lights on, I choke, I choke. Um, so so we, uh, we started off uh, with a little bit of a blooper there, but here we are. Um, what's not a blooper is the way that John Shire is recruiting right now. He's off the chains. Mm-hmm. He's not done yet. Uh, Coach P, obviously, this is your realm. You told us this was going to happen. You told us you told us it was going to happen on Saturday. It did. Um, you know, I want you to kind of take the reins here. Talk about uh, what this recruitment means for Duke, for John Shire, for this class, and for the future. Uh, before we kind of dive in even deeper to, you know, VJ potentially committing soon, uh, where we are with Dylan Harper. Let's just focus on Big Pat right now um, and just kind of talk about his game and what this commitment means for Duke. Yeah, so uh, the commitment with the uh, Patrick Gangba, you know, is is a, is a huge one, obviously, um, because Duke wasn't recruiting any, any other bigs other than Flory, who committed to uh, Kansas, um, and just them being able to pry uh, Gangba away from uh, Kansas State, who a lot of people thought were the perceived favorites. It just is a testament to you know the, the job that Shire and staff did uh, recruiting the kid, and I think it also says a lot about you know what Pat sees at Duke, you know, as far as roster, a uh, potential roster, and it's not, you know, it's not complete all the way yet. And uh, just overall potential of what we can be. And uh, I think he sees a spot to where he's, he's going to play immediately. So I think it's, it's a good decision uh, for him. Obviously, a good decision uh, for the coaches to recruit him. So yeah, that's that. here we are, man. I mean, we said what we said, and, and, and it happened. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to watch all the uh, crystal balls start rolling in after you've uh, already predicted what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you're humble. I know you're humble, Coach, so I, I, I try to, you know, try to, you know, say it for you. But this, the reality is that, you know, if you're plugged in enough uh, to, to the right places and, and we say something, we're not just, you know, guessing. And that's kind of like what we've tried to, to build our luck on. And you see for the last six years, like if we know something to be true, then we'll say it. Mm-hmm. If we don't, then we won't. But, um, you know, I want to talk because you have a little bit of connections uh, from where you are up, mm-hmm. up at Paul the Six. Um, this is now the second time that two players from Paul the Six, two teammates, will now play at Duke. You know, Trevor Keels and Jeremy Roach, even though they were a class apart, played together at Paul mm-hmm. the Six. Now you have Darren and Pat. I mean, just the significance of this is. It can't be understated. Oh, yeah, Pipeline. I mean, this area up here is, is rich with talent, and it's it's going to – that relationship is just going to continue as long as Glenn Farello is there at, at the school, which seems to be that'll be for a very long time. Uh, he gets paid very well as a high school coach to coach basketball, but he, he does a great job. He molds great kids. He molds winners. That's his program. That's what it's based on. They can play anything from zone to man. They can play against zone and man. They know how to play multiple positions. He just he really does do a great job of molding really good college basketball players and guys who you know potentially could go into the pros. Like he's he's just a very a very good coach like that. And again, the talent in this area just kind of speaks for itself with that. So 
continuing to build that relationship up here is is super important. And it's really important too that Chris Carwell is the one, the head recruiter on this thing. Who and he, this is a win for him. Like this is, I think this is one of his first main recruits to 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 get a commitment, especially with a big a big time battle, recruiting battle, because Jerome Tang was the lead recruiter for Pat Ngongba with KSU. So that's that's a big deal for Chris Carwell to to be able to get that win, especially considering he's not looked at as one of our main recruiters. So I, I really I really like that. I really like the fact that he was able to be the head recruiter on this thing and and we were able to pull Pat. Yeah, for sure, Jack. I think that uh, you got to be pretty tired of putting together all kinds of graphics now. I mean, that's that's five. You're gonna have to put together another one. Uh, I already have it ready. Jack looks like that Popeyes meme where Lay's sitting in the back of the restaurant with flour all over it. So tight. I already got the next one ready. I'll tell you that much. Um, look, this is this is not stopping. This is going to keep rolling into 2025 and beyond. This is Duke basketball is going to have elite talent year after year. It's going to keep coming through. I mean, you look back, Duke's had a top three class consistently for, I think this is going to be like the 11th or 12th year in a row Duke's had a top three class. Yeah. And it's not stopping anytime soon. Like This is insane. And, you know, a lot of guys are probably not going to be in Durham next year. They're there right now. And Shire is doing everything he can to make the roster even better. I'm, I'm just amazed. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, AC, when we were preparing for the podcast, I, you know, I tried to tip a little bit outside the box. You know, he's got John Shire has landed Cooper Flag. He's landed Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead. He was the main recruiter for Pablo Zion. You know, all these guys. The list goes on. The list goes on. But, you know, the biggest recruit that he has landed to date is Rachel Baker. I oh, mean, yeah. that is true. just that an is absolute so game changer for what Duke does NIL-wise, getting guys to come back for multiple years, Philip Housey, Proctor, Mitchell, mm-hmm. Jeremy Roach. Like, that, that stuff doesn't happen unless you have just elite people around your staff. And Rachel, it starts with Rachel Baker. No, absolutely, and that's that's we're still we're still working to try to get her on the podcast. I need her on the pod ASAP. But, but no, that's one of the. I wanted to speak to that because I wanted to speak to Jack's point about how you know two thousand twenty five and beyond is going to look good for Duke. We're ahead. Duke is ahead two or three years in this whole game of NIL, general managers, everything else. And Duke as a university is like that. They're very adaptive. They they're able to move forward and in a space where not a lot of colleges and universities are able to do so. Coach K always prided himself on that. And that's why K and Duke were just such a match made in heaven because you had two entities that were just able to adapt so well. And John Shire is just falling right into that mold of, of being able to hire staff looking towards the future, players looking towards the future. You saw how you see how many backup plans he has for if something falls through, he's got another one right after that and another one right after that. He's never going to get caught. He's not going to get caught lacking. So it's it's just it's amazing how how that process has gone for him, especially being a first and now second year head coach. And the addition of Rachel Baker is just, I mean, that's, that speaks volumes because now you're starting to see GMs pop up everywhere. And if it's not a GM, yeah. they call it something different. NIL coordinator, this and that, whatever they want to say, like call it what you want. You're doing the same thing that Duke started. And now you got to, you got to catch up and you're way behind. Cause now she's got two and a half years on you. 
For sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to switch gears just a, a hair to um, what this roster might look like uh, next year. So, Coach, uh, obviously we talked about uh, potentially getting VJ. You know, a lot of people thought that it was kind of a – and it may be, right, that it's a uh, battle between him and Harper, or is it, you know, mutually exclusive, or have we kind of moved on from Harper and, you know, we think that VJ will, you know, kind of forego some of those visions that he has lined up and, you know, commit during the early signing period. Where do you see that uh, recruitment right now? Uh, you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Damn, my fault. Um, so with that, uh, that's the funny thing about, you know, I mean, I still stand pat uh, on what I said about Dylan Harper. I think, you know, he's had, he's got a tough decision to make. Um, I do find it quite interesting, though, that it hasn't been many reports as far as, like, you know, you know, John Shire going to see him or anybody from the staff going to see him. Uh, he wasn't at Countdown. Um, I think it's just in that middle phase, man, to where we kind of, I think we probably are officially in limbo with Dylan Harper, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we can officially say that, um, you know, he's, he's still, he's still, you know, he's still wanted, but I think, I don't want to say the Duke staff has moved on, but I think now it's start, we're starting to realize that it's, it's more of a luxury thing now to get him. We can get him. That's a luxury thing, not a necessity at this point. Um, I mean, it's just G League might even be a possibility for him at this point. I mean, he has a chance. Obviously, he can sign in the late period, but I don't think he's going to sign in the early period. And the longer that goes, like we've said, it either helps Duke or it hurts Rutgers. So even yeah. if it doesn't help help Duke, it's still hurting Rutgers if he hadn't signed yet. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's how I definitely feel about it. And we said, like you, like you said, we've said that from the beginning. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one goes, especially with, you know, with BJ uh, coming, coming on board. Um, you know what I'm saying? So – you know, well, it can go either way at this point. Um, I'm still hopeful because I, I really like, personally, I really like Dylan Harper. I think mm-hmm. he's the best point guard in that class. And I think that him on the roster would definitely uh, significantly boost the chances of a national championship oh, yeah. Duke, uh, next year. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, it, with that being said, uh, Jack, I'll switch it to you, is um, let's say that, you know, Dylan does not come. Um to Duke, and then we say, uh, if we have the success that we think we're going to this year, that means that possibly both Foster and McCain may opt to leave. I don't know that that is going to happen. That it's probably still too early to figure that out. I, I know that they were recruited with the idea of them coming back and kind of leading the team. Um, what do you see kind of as that starting five then for next year, though? Man, you're really going to make me do this. <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh crystal ball i don't even like know who, i don't even know who starts at the point honestly um i mean look at blake's as ready as a senior to take that role on i love taylor blake's i hope not hey friend of the pod friend of the pod i'm a friend of the pod i'm not the starting point guard for duke next year either <laughs> like you know what i mean Look, look, I'll be real. I think if they're both gone, either Harper's coming, which is, as we said, 50-50, we're in limbo. Um, So that's a possibility. We got also a portal, a portal transfer point guard, not completely out of the question. Then the rest of the way, there is way too much talent coming in. I'll tell you, Cooper Flag is definitely starting. I have no idea who else is. 
don't think so. Yeah. I have no idea who else is starting teams. But that's the thing, so right? Talent coming like, in. All these pieces are so inter- interchangeable. We got so many guards that he's bringing in. You still have a few guards on the roster. I think that Sean Stewart stands a chance to be in the starting lineup. I think if what we think happens for Christian Reeves this year happens, there's a chance he's in the starting lineup. TJ Power, you know, another year of TJ Power as yeah. a good shooter at 6'9", has a chance to be in the starting lineup. And then everybody else, like VJ Edgecombe brings defense. Con, Con Knipple brings elite offensive ability. Uh, I mean, Cooper Flagg obviously is going to start, like you said. Patton Gong was really, really good big. I don't look at him as a starter right off the bat, honestly. I don't I look at him more as a projected down the road type of guy. But minutes can be had for him as well. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just – and then does one of Jared McCain or Caleb Foster come back? I think it's likely one of those two comes back. I don't think yeah, it's likely that one. both – both create NBA stock for themselves. If they do, then we're we go undefeated this year, quite honestly, man. Like, I just, I mean, it's, I just don't see that happening, but we'll see what ha- I mean. This, this season has to play out first, but it was just, once we kind of get that, I think that'll be the easiest way to shake that out. Yeah, well, we got time to, to, to flush that out, uh, but obviously, we have to finish this class up um, with getting VJ. I personally think that that will happen this week. I could be wrong on that. But it is the early signing period. I think that that is more likely than not. But I could mm-hmm. be wrong, Coach. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You'll, you'll tell me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I don't. That's the thing is, you know, I would tell you, but I don't think you're wrong. You know, what I mean, I think we could see um, a situation to where VJ might even cancel the St. John's visit. You know what I mean? It's possible, you know what I mean? Because I think it's one of those things that, you know, that's kind of like the Pat and Gongba thing. I think he was locked up after after mm-hmm. countdown. He was pretty much locked up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He still took the Kansas State visit, but it was a it was more of a out of respect type thing. Yep. yep. Um, I think we could probably see the same thing with VJ, but ultimately I can definitely see VJ, you know, coming on board and, and, and coming with a commitment within within a week. Um so I'm definitely with you uh, on there and uh yeah. Go fucking do. Yes, right. And just and just another another point to that. I mean, the St. John's visit was added super late. Like he only had six visits that he had right away, and two of those visits have now been canceled to Florida State and Bama. So the kid's clearly done with the recruiting process. <laughs> like right. he wants to be done. He lives near New York. He, you know, St. John's is not like he has to take a plane to get there. So like like Pablo said, he might he might continue to to stay in that visit. It's Rick Rick Pitino. But again, like, what does St. John's offer you that Kentucky doesn't? Because he took that Kentucky minute visit last minute. And what do they offer you that Duke doesn't? I mean, quite honestly, nothing, man. It's just a hometown school. So it's like, I mean, I, that's that's what they offer. That's different. Yeah, it, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm with Pablo. I don't see him making that visit. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, we we talked about it on spaces of a week, a week, two weeks ago. We talked about him canceling his visits to Florida State and Bama, and it happens, right? Like we talked about that because it was already out there in the in the ether. And then I don't think Pablo is guessing when he says that the St. John visit might not happen. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, another thing too is a lot of kids from the city, New York City, you know, that's where I'm from. So a lot of people don't want to stay there, you know, I mean, right. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of a distraction thing more than anything else, you know what I mean? Because obviously the city is the city and it's great um, and it's home, but, you know, you got a lot of distractions out there. Yeah. So I can see a kid like him wanting to branch out and go, go elsewhere. And, that's his face. We're talking about Duke here. so He loves Duke. He loves you know Duke. I mean? um, yeah. You know what I mean? We aren't talking Duke. about Duke. It's, this ain't no other college. So, yeah, I, I can – I stand pat on what I say uh, with that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so, Cooper Flagg, Isaiah Evans, Tom Knipple, Pat, 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try for the last name here. Dongba. Darren Harris and then DJ. Um, Jack, we've we've seen a lot of Twitter rumors out there, uh, especially today. Today's Sunday. Um, I, I don't know where some of this stuff is coming from. We had heard some rumors back in the summer. Um, we've dismissed them uh, with good with good reason. Just talk about some of the rumors that uh, you know some of these people out there in the Twitterverse are coming out saying that Duke is going to lose. You know, one or two of these guys. It's ridiculous, but. I want you to address that if you could. Yeah. Um, so last year, obviously, Duke lost Mackenzie Mbako. Those reports weren't really coming out until the day he announced that he was going to reopen his recruitment. Now this is coming out now, and this is just a bunch of people trying to start a non-story. None of this is happening. This is people who just perpetuate these things for no good reason. Is not healthy for the kids. You're talking, you're out here making things up about a 17-year-old kid. Come on, be better. Um, I'm over it. It's incredibly unprofessional. Um, and just so we're clear, as far as any of us are concerned, Duke is not losing anything. So, and quite honestly, I feel like this class for Duke has, other than Kyle Knebel kind of committing out of the blue, quote unquote, out of the blue, um, there's not been much suspense for this to be the number one class and, and all the guys they've gotten. It really hasn't been much, much actual suspense. Like Cooper flag was manufactured suspense. Pat Ngongba was manufactured suspense at the end. And, and by the time he was making visits, like it was, it was over and people knew it. Like same thing already with BJ, like, and, and, and we've talked about this before, like this class is not like a market class anyway. Like they don't have, there's not a lot of like transcendent superstars in this class. So like the the man, be be mindful of the manufactured suspense out there, people, because especially when when something is about to come down, that's when all that stuff starts. It happened with Flag, happened with Pat. It's gonna happen again now. So just keep be mindful of that stuff. When there's no news before, and then all of a sudden there's news. Eh. I have I have no respect for someone who's making things up about a child and their decision on where to attend college. I have yeah. no respect for that. Yeah, I think that's that's tough. Uh, and you have people that have platforms that uh, that just want to start rumors um, just to get something going, just for a story or whatever. But the thing is that when you do things like that, you know, there's always somebody out there that actually knows the information. Mm -hmm. So you should always be prepared to get shot down. You know, when you just making up these lies or just making up these rumors. But, you know, some of that stuff is just, it's not our style, frankly, you know what I mean, at the Five Point, you know what I'm saying, uh, podcast really just put you out there. But just know we watched and, and uh, yeah, we know. So. Yeah, to me, I'm, I'm with Jack. I think it's extremely embarrassing when you're throwing out, you know, the salacious rumors about kids. I mean, this is ridiculous. At the end of the day, we're talking about high school kids. Like, it's not, it's not that important. You know what I mean? They're making the biggest decision of their lives. We're, we're, we're a podcast talking about basketball. Like, what are we talking about here? Why are you starting rumors um, <clears throat> that are, you know, baseless about about kids you don't even know? That's the other thing. And like Coach said, it's like a lot of these people have huge platforms, thousands of people on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever, you know, message boards that they're running. And then for you to kind of go out there and just throw these things out there because you want to be right or you want to be first, you don't even care if you're right, you just want to be mm -hmm. first. Just be first. Uh, not when you can say that you did it, like you said it. 
Um, but like how I started this segment out, you know, all those crystal balls, they all start, you know, rolling in after, you know, Coach P, you know, you know, makes his his stance known. And again, we're watching, we see it, but we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna be those people. So if you don't hear it from us, it ain't happening. That's, um, why, that's why you join our Patreon. It's free. <laughs> I mean, yeah. here, what actual information? If you're actually yeah. interested in information, then follow us. We're gonna tell you how it is. Yeah. Um Quite, quite frankly, it's that simple. Um, all right, so let's move on then to, to this actual season and talk about we have 31 games in the regular season. So we're going to kind of go around the horn here. Jack, I'll start with you. Give your non-conference record. We have 11 games in the non-conference starting tomorrow night against Dartmouth. We'll preview that um, in the next segment, but let's do give us your non-conference record your 20-game ACC record, go into the ACC tournament, we'll see if we're going to be in the NCAA and what you think happens from there. Okay. Uh, 11 non-conference games. I've been thinking about this for a while. I still, like, I think we lose maybe one. I'm, I'm going to go with 10 and 1. Um, Who do you think we lose to? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure because so many different things can happen, but right, I think right. we go 10 and one. Um, I think we go 10 and one. I think in conference, I think we go 18 and two. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, you know, ACC play maybe a hangover game here. Uh, just bad performance there, but I think Duke's far and away the best team in the ACC. Um, I think Duke wins the ACC tournament and goes into goes into the second week of March with a one seed. Um, look, I think Duke sweeps both postseason tournaments. I think you know nine and zero on top of the <clears throat> what did I say twenty eight and three. So yeah, thirty seven and three match the eighty six team, but actually bring the ring home. Why not? Yeah, love it. Um, for for the record, obviously D's not here. He said that. We would go ten and one in the uh, non-conference, fifteen and five in conference play, um, but I'm pretty sure that that is going to be the most losses of any of us predicting here. AC, yeah. what do you got? I Man, I'm going eleven on non-conference. Like the, the toughest game, in my opinion, is going to be Arkansas at Arkansas, and I don't think Arkansas is a very good team. I think the crowd is going to be very good for them because this is a national championship for them, essentially. I don't think the team – I don't think the key team is good – if we are clicking by that point, I don't think their team is good enough to match what the crowd is going to want to bring. And I think we silence that crowd eventually. I, th I think that's, I think it'll be a back-and-forth battle. I think you can see us going up double digits that game, and then we might lose that lead a little bit and then come back and win the game, whatever, and the crowd will still be back in it. But it's going to be an exciting game for college basketball and everything else. But Arkansas right now is being picked pretty – not low, but they're not being picked at the top of their conference already preseason. And they're not bringing a lot back. And they're not bringing in like a lot of a lot of greatness. So, and Duke is great, in my opinion. They're great. Uh, I, I see us going eleven and zero non-con. I'm, I'm going to just say a blanket two losses in, in the conference play because, as Jack said, once you get into January and February with the exams and some of the other stuff that happens, injuries and stuff, I, I can see two losses. Our the the Monday Saturday or the Saturday to Monday slate that we have this year actually isn't that bad. We got three versions of that, but it's really not that bad. Our toughest game is going to be uh, UNC and at Miami. Quite honestly, and and I, and I kind of see those being the two losses at Miami and then losing to UNC at some point. 
But other than that, man, yeah, give me give me eighteen two in conference. Give me give me undefeated nine con. Give give me a, an overall of twenty nine and two heading into the tournaments. And then what do you got in the tournaments? You, you sleeping? He, we'll win the ACC. We should win the ACC tournament, right? But it's a tough. Like it's tough to win that many games in a row. If we drop one, it's going to be in the ACC tournament because I think we'll win a national championship. But I can I can see us getting to the championship game of the ACC, ACC tournament at, at the very least. See, so you're you're not ready to call a national championship yet. No, I said national championship. Oh, okay, 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 got it. Yeah, this is not call the ACC. This team's winning the title. What's that, Jack? I just said you're not ready to call the ACC. I'm not ready to call ACC ACC championship, but we we will be in that position where we only have to play three games in that in that tournament. So that's that's helpful. Like <clears throat> playing in DC too, so I, I assume I'm gonna be there. there. I'm yeah. gonna be there, baby. If make sure y'all come up, man. Y'all got a place to stay. Let's make this a five play play event again, man. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Um, all right, coach. Who do you got uh, here in the non conference and uh, in ACC? All right, so I'm gonna start it off with first and foremost winning the motherfucking national championship. Yes, that's sir. So that's that's let's go. you already know with that. But um, but mine is really similar to what everybody said. Uh, so non-conference, I think the biggest threats to us in the non-conference is just gonna be Arkansas and Michigan State. More so Michigan State than Arkansas, but Arkansas will be dangerous because of the crowd and they do have a lot of uh, they do have a lot of experience on that Arkansas mm-hmm. team. Um, their problem is going to be to to make that all jail and the chemistry. So if we go there and knock them out early, we can win that game, uh, and it'll be easy for us. Um, conference play, uh, obviously, it doesn't matter if North Carolina has three players. You know, I mean, it's always going to be a tough game. You know, what I mean, yeah. we could play three on five, and they might fuck around and win or something. You know, what I mean, that's just right. how different games are. So I think we might. Maybe we might drop one to them. Uh, I would say Virginia and Miami are other biggest threats. Everybody else in the ACC, we steamrolling. Uh, so I can say we might lose three games, and it may be three games, but no more than three games. I'm going with I'm going with two, but no more than three uh, in the AC in the in conference play. Um, as far as the tournament goes, ACC tournament, uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll win that. We'll win that. We'll win that tournament. Um, I think they should be gelling by then, and everything should be clicking on all cylinders, barring any in- injuries. We should be fine. So I can see a, a world where we, uh, shit, where we pretty much run the t- on that tournament. We get to the national championship, and then you know, we win it all. I mean, it's very possible that this team creates what hasn't happened in college basketball in a very long time, which is you have a juggernaut team that continues to just steamroll through everything. Like it'll be it'll be very uninteresting for the college basketball world, I think, because who you think is gonna win will probably win. And that, that's going to be Duke by the time that it all comes out. Yeah. Well the, the good news about that is that uh when it's Duke is always interesting mm-hmm. because you just kinda get that level of hate that yep. just continues to rise the, the the better we are. So bring it on. Um in, in terms of uh, non conference for me, I think I, I agree with Pablo. I think that um, that Michigan State game, for whatever reason, I think they're going to try to play a little bit of bully ball. I think that you know they're going to try to you know make that game really ugly. They're I a tough see, team. They're they tough are, team. and they got a lot of good athletes. I, I could see us somehow dropping that game, but the thing is, is that game's in Chicago, and I just find it hard to believe that John Shire is going to let them lose in Chicago. Yeah. So, so 
I want to go 10 and 1 here, but I can't do it. So give me 11 and 0 in, in, um, in the non conference. I think that we dropped three in conference. I think we lose that game at Miami. Um, I really do not want to pick us to lose at North Carolina. So I'll take the game before that at Virginia Tech. And then I think the last loss for this current team will be March 4th at NC State. I think that'll be the last loss that we have. We'll have already probably wrapped up the ACC. Might be a letdown. Carolina's right after that. We we beat them at home. We go through D.C., win the three games that we need to win there. And then we win the first five games of the NCAA tournament by double digits. And then we go into the national championship. I don't really give a shit who we play. We're cutting those nets down. So... And he's at 37 and three. That's where we're going to be. I mean, again, I, I just, this team, and I think we have to always put the caveat. Like, obviously, injuries would stand in, right? If there's a big injury, yeah, of course, yeah. all this shit goes, right, right. you know, through the roof. But this team uh, can withstand injuries, though. That's the thing about right. this Right. And then there's really, I think there's two players on this team. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I think there's two players on this team that we can't afford to lose for a big stretch. Obviously, Filipowski and Tyrese Proctor. Yes. Ty- Tyrese for certain. I th- I you don't you don't lose a player like Flip and just be okay. But Mark Mitchell's good enough. You got Sean Stewart. You got TJ Power. I think John could mold the team around the other pieces if Flip went out. But you don't have another. You don't have an NBA level point guard on the squad like you do with Tyrese Proctor. You just don't. But but fours like stretch fours and stuff. They that that production can be manufactured. It could be aggregated in theory, but I, I do think it would hurt regardless because that still takes out the, uh, you know, putting him at the five and taking the big out of the paint. Mm-hmm. That that kind of hurts that. Hot so take. Think, so go ahead. Sorry, guys. Keep going, Jack. Keep going. I just, I just think Flip, um, I think Flip's value is more than just being a guy, like a big guy who can shoot. I think it, oh, it sure. changes the opponent's defense so much that mm-hmm. – Regardless of what we have, not having him does hurt just because the defense can sag a little bit off the big guy, maybe. I'd add Mark Mitchell to the list of people that we don't want to lose. Like, Oh, yeah, we saw that last year. Mark, Mark, Mark Mitchell's defensive ability with this team not being overall, not being a, a superstar defensive team, I think losing Mark Mitchell would be a, a big loss, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I see that. His, uh, his defensive rebounding is going to be huge for Duke this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that was going to be actually – he was going to be my pick. I wasn't even going to say Tyrese Proctor or Flip. I was going to say uh, I was going to say Flip and Mark Mitchell. Those are two that we can't lose. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want to lose anybody else. You don't lose anybody in general. Yeah. But, you know, just from a production standpoint and versatility, uh, defense and rebounding, which is something that's going to be really, really huge this year because we don't have a flip and Derek Lively down there anymore. It's going to be flip and insert player. You know what I'm yep. saying? So whoever that second player is, they're going to have to hit the boards hard and they're going to have to play defense. Um, so I would say Mark Mitchell is definitely a guy that we can't lose for sure. But I like the fact that uh, I like what Jack said, you know, you know, flip being more than just a, a big guy or whatever and you yeah. go out and you're going to change the, the defense. Um, and along with that, it's the same with Mark Mitchell. We got two guys down there that can both play on the perimeter, you know what I mean, and make the defense move with different things, you know, different concepts and different offensive things that a Shire can run. So 
it's gonna be interesting what he does. And uh yeah, that's how I feel about it. Go do. That's sir. Hey, see, I'm looking to get your thoughts on um obviously we, we really haven't touched on the uh the exhibition that we watched mm-hmm. um from last week because you know you had the Cooper stuff going on, you know, you had um, you know, Big Pat's recruitment, and now we're talking BJ and all these other things. The way that they came out of that, I almost thought was just to send a message. And it started with Tyrese Proctor. Yeah. Like, coming out there, what was it, five of eight from three? Something right. like that. It was just like, like he, he just picked up right where he left off mm-hmm. and kind of sent a message like, I'm that dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, it, it looked like a team. It, it didn't look like a team that needed needed the game to work on anything. Like last year's exhibition that team looked like a team that needed the practice. Like they needed that game to work on some concepts, things like that. This team went out and they were just, they were, they were running quick hitters. They were running, they were running stuff. They probably wouldn't normally run. They were, they were taking shots that you wouldn't normally take in, in, in a game situation. However, there's shots that you can get from certain, certain movements of the ball. So, I mean, it was just, it, it was a team that, it was a team that looked like they should be, uh, set uh, 50 points better than the team they were playing. Like, and, and that, that's a breath of fresh air, especially considering the past few years, having so many freshmen dominating starting spots, you needed those exhibition games to get them ready for the physicality, the speed and everything else in college. Like you were running plays that you would see them run in March. And this team, we didn't do much of that. We, we, there's some things we will do in March. There's some quick hitters and things we will, and shots we will get. Otherwise it was just go out there and play. It, it kind of really looked like go out there and play ball, man. Like, yeah, uh, for sure. with, with some organization. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. I think the team, I think John Shire did come out there and play a little. A little. And for the exhibitions, though, that's most teams are going to play like that. They're going to play vanilla, and they're not going to mm-hmm. run too many different things because you know for scouting reasons. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. you know, other teams are going to be watching their shit, so they don't right. want to come out there and just run everything that they normally would run. Not yeah. to mention some inferior opponents, so. You know, they're working on different things. Uh, they probably pointed out different things that he wanted different players to work on, and they probably went out there and did that. They probably yep. worked on that game. They used it as a, a development thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if your other teams that are on Duke's schedule this year and you saw what you saw there, you're not going to be – you're not going to be real happy with what you're seeing. No. Because uh, they're, just, they're just rolling the ball out there and dropping an easy hundred. Um, yeah. like nothing. I mean, if they wanted to put up 150, they probably could have. Um, it just, it just but, reminded me of like the the year Battier and them when they won the title. Yeah. Their their ex, their two exhibition games, they put up 100 over both of those games, and one of them was like 120 or something like that. But like it looked like that. It just it looked like we are we are we are severely dominant. <laughs> like, and, and we're just gonna show it. We're just gonna do these things. And whereas the past couple of seasons, we've had exhibition games where we only won by single digits. We only put up 80 points, 60 points, and, and it, it was a stark contrast to those teams. Yeah, and then, Jack, before we uh, move on to our Dartmouth, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Jeremy McCain obviously got the start. I thought he looked, you know, really solid. Um, I thought Foster looked really good. It, to me, it kind of seems like they have, like, those are the six guys. Like, those are the six guys that are 100% getting the bulk of the minutes. And then, you know, Ryan Young is going to kind of, you know, get his minutes here and there. So I don't really count him as that six man role. He's going to kind of, you know, be plugged in wherever he needs to. Uh, obviously Reeves didn't play. I guess he was, you know, kind of like a little tweet. Yeah, yeah, precautionary. You know, precautionary. Um, do you see Duke actually running 
you know, more than eight guys in some of these big games? I mean, it depends what we see from the early season. Like, power. We, we got a we got a big game in game two. That's right. true. Say early season. We got a big game in game two. All right, we go like, right you're about Arizona to Michigan State. So, you know, you get those kind of three games. And, yeah, you might see them a little bit tomorrow night. But yeah. I, I kind of feel like Arizona and Michigan State, unless we blow them out of the water, um, I think he's going to kind of stick to to kind of like eight, maybe nine with, with your boy Blakes. I mean, yeah, you're telling me that, like, between Foster, Young, Power, Stewart even, that's four – Guys off the bench. That's nine. Like I just don't. I, I just don't know them. that. I just don't know that power and Stewart see a whole lot of time at the very beginning there. I don't know. I think Stewart. Stewart's gonna be a pretty big piece of the team. I think. I. I'm not sure. It's gonna be interesting to see, but. I I don't know. I think the team goes nine to ten deep, at least to start the year, and that does include Arizona and Michigan State. Now, how much playtime they get? Not sure, but I'm sure that they're gonna they're gonna get a little run. I, I, yeah, I think we got seven. I think seven, seven, maybe eight players get double digit minutes. I think other people get spot minutes here and there. I think you, I think Sean Stewart's <laughs> gonna get some like five to seven of those jumping jack minutes you see every now and again, where just go out and be athletic and make plays. I think you'll see. I, I don't know that TJ Power is going to get in early, especially because you got you know, Tyrese Proctor who's able to shoot the three. Filipowski is able to shoot three. Jamie Roach is able to shoot the three. That's TJ Power's role. So I think that's something that's going to have to develop through the season. In terms of everybody else, I think Jalen Blakes will get defensive minutes on the floor. I just don't think it's above double digits. And But the six you mentioned, Foster, McCain, Roach, Proctor, Flip, and Mitchell are the bulk of the team. They're, they are going to get the lion's share of the minutes. They're, they will be our double-digit guys. And then Anybody else is going to be gravy. Ryan Young and, and and Christian Reeves are going to split minutes against Arizona. They're a big team, and we're going to need big bodies against that squad at, at times. And, but I, I think that we'll get to that preview later in the week. But I think John's going to have to play that game faster because Arizona, as Coach Paolo mentioned on the spaces, Arizona is a fast-playing team. So we're going to have to play that game with some guards and, and – and, and kind of use that as our advantage because I don't think we have the interior advantage in that team. So why would you match up against their interior? We need to we need to find a way to create an advantage against them. So I, I think I think you could see in the box score nine or ten guys have played the game, but right only about six or seven will have double digit minutes. Yeah, coach, do you see anything different there? Um, you see, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of with AC on that, especially you know that first. Um, tough slate of games, but then once we kind of get into that weaker non-conference, I think that's when he'll try to get some of those other guys bigger minutes. Yeah, I can see a world where we go about seven, eight deep uh, when it really counts. Um, in the beginning, you know, when we plan uh, more inferior teams, uh, lesser teams, I should say, um, I think we'll see, you know, it, it's, it'll probably blow out, so these guys will probably get you know, like the Sean Stewart's, the Jaden Shoots, they'll probably get their fair share of minutes. Um, but I think later on in the season, when we start to play the, the, the bulk of uh, the good play, good teams in our season, um, I think it probably will cut to about seven or eight. And that'll probably be a uh, Foster Young. And um, man, I'm, I'm really hoping it's, I'm really hoping it's Reeves, but I can see it's, it probably will be 
I don't know. It might be Sean Stewart, man. It might be Sean Stewart is getting those minutes. So, but again, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And I think it's all going to be situational as well. You know, depending on who we're playing, like AC said, you know, Arizona's bigger team. Uh, we'll see. You know what I'm saying what happens, but they like to play fast. Um, their big guy, Abalo, is not, you know, when they play fast, when he's in the game, they, you know, they don't generally do that well because he's not, you know, he's not the fastest player. So that's an advantage for us. And I think guard-wise, we got the advantage in that game. So we're just going to have to see, man. Like, it's going to be interesting what Shire does. He's going to have to tinker with the lineups and, and, and play around a little bit with that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. See. Let me just let me just say real quick. I think I think it's important that Christian Reeves didn't play in that ex- exhibition. I think with knee soreness, mm-hmm. I, I think you could see John if he wasn't going to play the season. I think you see John shoehorn in a couple minutes for him just so he can say he was on the floor. The fact that he didn't play, like if, if Kyle Filipowski had hip soreness after surgery, he would not have played that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying he's Kyle Filipowski. I think that John has plans for Christian Reeves, and the fact that he needs him healthy is the reason why I set him out. Absolutely. I definitely, I agree. I agree with that point. That was a great point, AC. Um, he definitely has future plans for him. And I think that Reeves is going to help us in the season. So we're going to need him healthy. And, uh, yeah, we'll go just move forward with a healthy team. All right, let's get to uh, to our prediction for the first game of the season. And I'm pumped. Uh, AC, I know you're time, a huge, baby. Uh, AC, I know you're a huge starting with Big Green guy. Um, and, and watch all their games. Uh, tell us about the about the big green. They are the big green, right? They are the big green. They used okay. to be the in, they used to be the Indians, and they had to change it back okay. in the day. Um, no, um, it, it, they're they're not a great team. They they may, they they're one of those teams. They were a little bit younger last year, and you could tell that they could make a little bit of noise in the Ivy League. But they're still being picked seventh in the Ivy this year. They do return a lot of guys from last year's season. Uh, they got a kid, Mitchell Day, who's really good. Um, hold on, I had the list, actually, because uh, I was looking this up a little bit about them. Uh, Ryan Cornish is a good three-point shooter. So is Dusan Neskovic, and he's he's like a, a big guard that can kind of he, – he's he's one of those pesky, like, Serbian guards that just gets to the basket all the time, plays borderline dirty, like, all that type of stuff. So he, he's going to create a little a couple little issues here and there. And then they do have a kid who's a legitimate prospect named Brandon Mitchell Day. I think he's about 6'8 or so. Plays inside and out. He's got really good footwork in the post. He's a good three-point shooter. He, he's an all-court player. He's he's one of those guys you would have seen Coach K in the press conference point him out as, as being a kid that he could see, you know, making noise down the down the road in, in the pros or whatever. Not noise, but just at least making a roster or something. He's a good player, man. He really is. He's a good player. He's a kid with the goggles when you're looking for him. But um, like I said, they, they play zone. Dave McLaughlin plays a lot of zone. They play like Amoeba zone. So they'll play one, two, two. Two one two two three three two, and they'll they'll switch it based on the matchup. Uh, so I, I don't see them playing a lot of man against us. I see them trying to slow us down probably with their zone, especially early on in the season. I don't see it being a particularly high scoring game because of that, but it'll be a good test to see us shooting the ball against the zone and seeing if we can work the middle against the zone. So give me Duke, give me Duke ninety five because I think we could put a. I, I think if they play man, we could put over a hundred on them. But give me like, you know what I mean? Like I said, I said, what, you just said it was going to be a low scoring. <laughs> it wouldn't be a particularly high scoring game. But I have the opponent. Ninety five is low for Duke. <laughs> it kind of is. You know what I mean? All right, I will low, give me ninety Duke. Give me sixty, sixty two Dartmouth, and I think that's generous giving them sixty two points. Jack, what do you say? I mean, I've been thinking, I don't know, man, 87 to 61 seems like a reasonable score. I think, I don't think that the starters play more than 20 to 25 minutes for Duke. I think we're going to see a lot of 
kind of in the same thing as the exhibition game. A lot of like practicing things against a zone because you know Duke's going to see a bunch of zone from certain opponents this year. Um, so you know, just kind of getting that practice through and getting some getting some of the uh, guys lower in the rotation and toward the back of the bench some run. So I, I don't think it's going to be one of those super duper high scoring games for Duke. I think yeah, eighty seven sixty one, and it gets them on track for the game on Friday. Yeah, Coach P, what do you got? I think we completely kicked their ass. Um, <laughs> score, score, score wise, I think I think I think we win by thirty uh, easily. Uh, like AC said, and Jack, you know they play a lot of zone, and and that's cool. But ultimately, you know we have the size on them. Uh, we'll overwhelm them pretty pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll come out there with a win. Um, I don't know exact score. I I can't. I, I don't know. I say this, eighty to forty nine. <laughs> yeah, eighty to forty nine. <laughs> Get him. Yeah, yeah, AC. When you, when you started talking about uh, how much zone they're going to play, I just started shaking my head because we have the shooters. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to get real ugly real quick yeah. uh, if you're playing if you're playing zone against this team. So no, let Jaden loose. Let Jaden loose. Bonus content: Jaden McCain leading score. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's possible. I mean, it, he's going to get open looks. Just because so of the zone. For sure. Jaden yeah. McCain leading uh, score. Uh, I, I still think it'll be Tyrese Proctor. I think he comes out shooting hot right from the beginning. Um, I think it'll be a 92 to 58. I think we, I think we blew the doors off pretty quick. And yeah, I think I shoot could come out there and knock down a couple threes uh, in that game very easily. But hey, look, it, I'm just happy. Regular season, it is here finally. We waited so long for this. Let's the recruit, the, the recruiting's been hot as fire. Now it's time to watch the team on the floor. I'm just pumped for this. Like, let's just get this thing done. The game, for whatever reason, not till nine o'clock tomorrow night. That's way too late for, for for the first game of the year. Like, I'm ready to play this game right now. But here we are, game one. D will be back for our next podcast later this week. We'll preview Arizona. Got a big one. Let's, let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Make sure you guys check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Five Point Play Podcast and on Patreon. Sign up. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free.